Ashling's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Welcome to Ashling's UN Insights. Having recently returned from an internship at the United Nations headquarters in New York, and with my family growing weary of my constant yammering on about it, I've decided to pass on what I learnt to you lovely listeners. The UN is heralding the 2020s as their decade of action, so what exactly is it that they're working on? This week we're looking at Sustainable Development Goal number 6, entitled Clean Water and Sanitation. This Sustainable Development Goal aims to ensure availability and sustainable management of water and sanitation for all. This includes goals to achieve universal and equitable access to safe and affordable drinking water and sanitation for all, paying particular attention to the needs of women. They also hope to improve water quality by reducing pollution, especially from hazardous chemicals, and to substantially increase water use efficiency across all sectors to help reduce the number of people suffering from water scarcity. SDG 6 hopes to encourage transboundary cooperation of transboundary water sources and to protect and restore water-related ecosystems such as lakes and wetlands. The UN hoped to achieve this through a variety of methods, including expanding international cooperation and increasing capacity-building support for developing countries in water and sanitation-related areas, such as wastewater treatment and reuse technologies. They are also encouraging and supporting the participation of local communities in improving water and sanitation management. So, how close are we to achieving those goals? Unfortunately, data suggests that in order to achieve SDG 6's goal of achieving universal access to sanitation by 2030, it would require a doubling of the current annual rate of progress, and 785 million people still lack basic drinking water services. Approximately 3 billion people don't have basic hand-washing facilities at home, and data from 2016 shows that a third of all primary schools lacked basic drinking water and sanitation, and a quarter of healthcare facilities lacked basic water services. Roughly one-third of countries have medium or high levels of water stress, meaning that at least during some part of the year they face difficulties in meeting the demand for fresh water. Also, between 2017 and 2018, on average only around 59% of national transboundary water basins were covered by operational agreements, which must be increased to avoid future conflict over water use. There is clearly a lot more progress that needs to be made. Water is a vital resource that, as these statistics show, millions of people still do not have equitable access to, which is why SDG 6 is so important and worth working towards over the next decade. The scope of the United Nations is huge, since there are many departments tackling different global issues. So each week I'm shining the spotlight on one department and looking at the work that they do. This week I want to look at the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, whose acronym is UNODC. Their headquarters are in Vienna, in Austria, and they strive to achieve health, security and justice for all by tackling drugs, organised crime, corruption and terrorism, and promoting peace and sustainable well-being. The issues they tackle are on such a large scale that individual countries struggle to confront them alone, and so the UNODC offers assistance and encourages transnational cooperation and action. There are five specific areas which are the pillars of what the UNODC works on. 
The first is strengthening member states' capacities to confront threats from transnational organised crime. And the second area is tackling corruption and its catastrophic impact on societies. The third area is strengthening crime prevention and building effective criminal justice systems. And the fourth area is countering terrorism. Finally, the fifth area is supporting member states in implementing a balanced, comprehensive and evidence-based approach to the world drug problem that addresses both supply and demand and is guided by human rights with a focus on treatment, support and rehabilitation and working with farmers who previously cultivated illicit drug crops to develop alternative sustainable livelihoods for them whilst also ensuring access to controlled substances for medical purposes. The UNODC provides research, guidance and support to governments in the adoption and implementation of conventions, treaties and protocols related to drugs, crime, corruption and terrorism. They also offer technical and financial assistance to governments for dealing with their respective challenges under these topics. The UNODC hopes to maximise the knowledge on these issues amongst governments but also to maximise awareness of these issues amongst the public. There were quite a few international days this week. These days aim to raise awareness of a particular global issue and if any of these topics really pique your interest then I encourage you to look into them further as that is exactly the aim of declaring international days in this way. Tuesday the 23rd of June was United Nations Public Service Day which celebrates the value and virtue of public service to the community and hopes to encourage young people to pursue careers in the public sector. Tuesday was also International Widows' Day, which aims to draw attention to the voices and experience of widows who in some places are denied inheritance rights, have their property grabbed from them after the death of their partner, and can face extreme stigma and discrimination. The UN hopes to empower widows and address the social stigma that they face. Thursday the 25th of June was the Day of the Seafarer, which this year is focused on recognising seafarers as key workers in the COVID-19 pandemic and providing them with the support and travel options that this entails. Friday the 26th of June was the International Day Against Drug Abuse and Illicit Trafficking, which is an expression of the UN's determination to strengthen action and cooperation to achieve the goal of an international society free of drug abuse. Due to the large amount of misinformation surrounding the world drug problem, the theme for 2020 is Better Knowledge for Better Care, which emphasises the need to improve the understanding of the world drug problem in order to foster greater international cooperation. Friday was also the United Nations International Day in support of victims of torture, which is an opportunity for the UN to call on member states, civil society and individuals everywhere to support victims of torture and those who are still tortured today in all regions of the world, despite it being a crime under international law. They emphasise that concerns about protecting national security and borders is not a justification for torture or other forms of cruel, degrading and inhumane treatment. Saturday the 27th of June was Micro, Small and Medium-Sized Enterprises Day, which aims to raise public awareness of their contribution to sustainable development and the global economy. These enterprises make up around 90% of all firms and on average account for 70% of total employment and 50% of GDP. They also tend to employ a larger share of the vulnerable sectors of the workforce, such as women, youth and people from poorer households. 
Yet unfortunately, these small businesses are being hardest hit by the economic fallout of the pandemic, which is the particular focus of this day this year. So, what has been discussed at the UN this week? As before, if any of the things I mentioned particularly catch your attention, then you can hop on the UN Web TV website and watch the meetings in full. On Tuesday, there was an event for the United Nations Public Service Day, with a specific focus on honouring public servants in the COVID-19 pandemic response. Then on Thursday, there was an event to mark Micro, Small and Medium-Sized Enterprises Day, which focused on the impact of COVID-19 on micro, small and medium-sized enterprises, specifically the difficulty of having both a negative demand and negative supply structure due to the disruption to commodity chains during the pandemic. On Thursday, there was a conference between the UN and the European Union about Syria and its neighbouring countries. The crisis in Syria has now entered its 10th year, and it is estimated that around 70% of Syrian refugees live in poverty. They discussed the resilience-based approach, which sets out to increase opportunities for self-reliance for refugee and host communities, and strengthen the capacity of national and local institutions to address current and future needs and the impact of COVID-19 on Syria, refugees and the countries surrounding Syria who are hosting refugees. On Friday, there was a virtual ceremony to mark the commemoration of the signing of the Charter of the United Nations. The Charter calls for the UN to maintain international peace and security, promote social progress and better standards of life, strengthen international law and promote human rights. There were reflections on lessons learnt from 75 years of the United Nations and calls for further international cooperation and action to build a better future for all. Importantly, there were calls for more equitable representation for all regions on the Security Council. Throughout the week, there were also meetings about the situation in the Central African Republic, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Somalia, South Sudan, Afghanistan and the Middle East more generally. That's all from me for now, but join me next week for more UN insights and news. See you then! Ashling's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Radio.